Hello and welcome to Cyber Unplugged from SonicWall. I'm Will Benton and today I'm joined by Mark Evans, Matt Logan and Alexis Holmes. Gents, hello. Good afternoon and hi. Good afternoon, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, everyone. Matt, welcome. Uh, it's your first outing on the podcast. Good to good to have you here. Thanks, Will. Yeah, looking forward to it. Quite excited to get stuck in and uh, have my, my dulcet tones recorded in forever. October Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So on this episode, we thought it would be useful to take a look at the real-world example of a data breach and examine what happened, how it happened, and why it happened, and how you can make sure it doesn't happen to your organization. Uh, before we go there, Matt, perhaps you'd give us your top tip uh, to say stay safe this month. Absolutely, Will. So so mine's more of a generic top tip, and but it's been quite useful throughout my uh, career. And it's um, regarding the six P's in life. Now, the fourth word is interchangeable, but I'll use one that's uh, suitable for the audience. And that is poor planning and preparation leads to persistently poor performance. So plan ahead, know what your end goal is and stick to it and keep going. That's my tip for the month. Oh, thank you. That's a great one. I think we, we you and I have spoken about it before, right? Um Everybody puts all the technology in place. Uh, they think they're safeguarded end to end, but actually they don't plan and prepare for actually what will happen the day it does happen. Exactly. And, and they end up with shelfware and uh, you know exorbitant costs and, and no idea of how to, to manage that ongoing. So Sure. Thank you. Lex, any, any top tips from you? Yeah. Always consider the whole concept of zero trust. I think it's a really important thing. People give too much access too freely and being able to tie that down to resources that should only go to people that need them when they need them is a big thing absolutely good thank you mark anything from you yeah um i think you know from from a cyber security perspective there's lots of things we can all do to protect ourselves and i think um putting in your own processes individually to just be a bit more vigilant about what you're opening what you're clicking on and looking at uh, where that send has come from and were you expecting a, an email, for example, from Amazon? Have you actually placed an order with a particular company? Just think, just think about what you're actually clicking on before you do it. I think that's always been the best advice I've given to all of my friends and family outside of work, and it seems to be the one of the strongest bits of advice I've been able to give. Yeah, good. Thank you. So look, let's get down to it. So last week, Australian telecoms giant Optus revealed about 10 million customers, approximately 40% of the population, would you believe, uh, had personal data stolen in what is called a cyber attack. Uh, pretty big, pretty dramatic thing to happen there. I was actually talking to uh, a very close friend of mine uh, in Australia last week. Uh, they are saying that there is definitely a sense of worry and anger for all of those that are affected. Perhaps, Mark, you could talk us through that, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was um, quite a big, big shock to, to a lot of people in Australia from by all accounts. I think um, at a high level, um, essentially what's happened there is a, a breach has taken place. Personal identifiable information has been stolen and um, that has since been publicly made aware by said cybercrime organisation or individual that uh, published the information out onto various different social media platforms and also actually then went back to the, uh, the the telecommunications company directly issuing out a ransom. I think off the top of my head, it was around a $1 million Australian dollar ransom. And um, subsequently from there, data sets were released. It's just a sample, not, not the entire amount of data that was stolen, but the... Um, the, the long and the short of it is that uh, a, 
a big sample of data was published into the wild. And since then, various individuals across Australia have been either targeted or contacted. And off the back of that, the, the communication that came out of the of, of Optus was was poor, I think was pretty, probably the best analogy to give. Um, it was poorly communicated. And since then, it's been very unclear in terms of what has been stolen. Then subsequently to that, the uh, the hacker who was offering up a ransom uh, was was demanding the ransom of $1 million. And they have since pulled that down and the data sets are no longer available on the social media site, which would allude to the fact that maybe maybe the ransomware was paid. So I think to go back to what Matt was talking about earlier in his top tip. So if you talk about planning and, and things like that, I would add communication in there, right? So it's a case of when, not if these days, that people and organizations will be compromised, but it's about how you deal with the fallout and the communication thereafter that, right? To ensure that your your people that have their data stolen uh, safeguard that moving forward and, and having those lines of communication, which then uh, reduces the uh, ongoing threat. Great. Thanks, Mark, for the overview. Um, so look, in terms of how the attack was executed, Matt, perhaps you can talk us through that. Yeah, absolutely, Will. So um, so whilst the, the targeted company said that the attack was a targeted attack, um, several reporters have actually made contact with the uh, potential hacker and have given them, the hacker has given them a detailed explanation of how they went about to steal the data. Um, and Although the um, targeted company claimed the breach itself was a sophisticated breach, um, actually what happened in reality, it wasn't a sophisticated breach. Uh, The attackers managed to uh, pull the data from freely accessible software interface. Now, what does that mean? So um, a a few reporters have had discussions with internal people within the organization as well, and it's been identified that an API um, for their existing custom identity database was opened to a test network. That, unfortunately, that test network had an open internet connection. Um, for those that don't know, an API is an application programming interface, and it's a software interface that allows um, access to a system, uh, what allows systems to exchange data. So it's a, it's a two-way street. Now, if that connection is exposed to the internet, you know, you've potentially got a big hole into your organization um, and you know one of the other things that came about is it was an unauthenticated access to to these internal systems which is how the attacker uh, took the, the the data now while this sounds absolutely crazy in this day and age you know it, it, countries uh, all over the world have different levels of cybersecurity maturity um, one thing to take away um, from the sonic wall 2022 cyber threat report, um, although highlighted that the United States and the United Kingdom um, and other cybersecurity hotspots are seeing a decrease in cyber criminal activity, this is likely due to an increase uh, of focus on the other areas, other countries that have a lesser, uh, less stringent cybersecurity posture. Um, and, you know, it, it's in the news again, it's been reported, and even um, Miss O'Neill, the Australian cybersecurity minister, um, Uh, did say that she is aware that Australia does lag behind some of the global counterparts uh, and recently noted this breach has highlighted that just 54% uh, 
um, of Australian board members are also confident in their board's understanding of a, a systematic risk from cybersecurity. And it's the second lowest, 11th place of all the countries surveyed. Um, so, you know, these breaches do happen. Countries like Australia and other countries do need to you know, look at their cybersecurity posture as a whole and, and um, you know, things like this can be avoided. Matt, great, thanks. That's a, a very good uh, description there. So this kind of attack can do unprecedented damage to a business and its reputation. Mark, there's there's lots of things there. Financially is probably a big one, but perhaps you could talk us through uh, your views on that. Yeah, sure, no problem. So I guess the first thing is that the 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 resources the business requires just to manage the the inundated amount of messages from angry customers since the attack, trying to get clarification. I think they're going to be um, seriously um, questioned around the legalities of what's happened there and a lawsuit could soon be filed against uh, the company as this is probably one of the most serious breaches within Australian history and both in terms of numbers of affected people and the type of nature of the the information that's been disclosed. Um, The company probably faces calls to cover the cost of all the replacements, passports, driving licenses and other information that's um, attributed to the individual. Um, So that's going to be a very high level of cost. And I think, you know, there's going to be some serious impact from the government itself saying that they um, they've effectively left a window open for sensitive data to be stolen, which would in turn amount to significant fines from regulatory bodies. And it'd be interesting, really, just to see how much of an impact that will have on them and whether they can recover both from a brand reputation perspective and revenue losses. Yeah, it's massive. Imagine having all those passports having to be replaced and the cost that goes to that, the time in it, it's uh, unprecedented, right? Yeah, right. And just the loss of revenue as well. Customers will just be jumping ship left, right and centre to move to another supplier. It's a natural reaction from, from an individual. So, yeah, it's uh, it's extremely significant and it makes us all realise, you know, that um, these types of attacks, when we talk about them in in the past or what potentially could happen here's the reality of the situation yeah it's amazing and to think cybercrime market now is the third largest global economy only behind the us and china uh, and it's expected to be 40 times larger than the cybersecurity market where we play in by 2025 um, and the tax will continue some of those uh, criminal organizations operate like a legitimate business with hr departments salaries and benefits so companies really need to protect themselves sufficiently. Uh, Lex, maybe you could talk us through what measures organisations should take uh, and put in place to ensure robust protection. Yes, well, absolutely. I mean, a great thing that you can do is you can really sort of dive into that layered security approach. And this is really important because there are so many different attack vectors out there. Everything from email to devices on the network to people connecting in remotely there are a whole host of ways that malware can get in to an organization and it's trying to plan for the eventuality of all of them and putting more than one solution in place to protect against it. Obviously, if you've got just one layer and something gets through, it then has access. But by having multiple layers, you can essentially limit the chances of something getting through. It's all about mitigation. And a great one way to come through with this is, as Matt said, via planning. This is important because you can choose what devices go in where and get a breadth of solutions. Obviously, you would want something like a firewall at your gateway, maybe a secure remote access solution, 
be that an SD-WAN solution or a, a traditional VPN concentrator, or alternatively, you know, other areas you can look at is the whole concept of zero trust, making sure that you are limiting access to resources to individuals and parts of the organization. You know, this could be done with uh, things like a, a TPAM solution, a, a total privileged access management solution that would limit access there. You could use various other technologies such as MDM solutions for mobile devices. But it's all about making sure that you, you batten down the hatches. Obviously, depending on the size of your organization and the sensitivity of your data and what you're trying to protect, you know, this will change depending on the organization. Great. Thanks, Lex. Look, this one's still unfolding, so it remains to be seen how it ends. Um, by the sounds of it, protective layered defense is the future of cybersecurity. Uh, guys, I think that's it for today. Uh, any closing comments from anybody? Matt, anything from you? Yes, we all want one closing comment. You know, keep an eye on your security posture. Um, be safe out there. It's a, it's a strange old world. <laughs> certainly is. Mark, anything from you? Yeah, I think, you know, we always talk about how we can protect our organization using technology. It's very easy to put in um, mitigations with manual processes, certainly when it comes to things like business email compromise, for example, which um, is usually a way of, of extorting cash out of an organization, which normally would bypass the things like malware protection and email technologies. So really just think about outside of technology what can we what can you do as an organization to put in processes that protect your organization from data leakage great stuff thanks mark thank you everybody now listen uh always forget to say this but i want to thank neil lewis one of our colleagues who sits the other side of the microphone pushing all the buttons uh neil appreciate your time today perhaps we'll get you involved next time thank you everybody have a great afternoon thanks guys thank you very much thanks Will. thanks everyone